Hey there, friends. Kevin Pereira here with another Pointless Podcast. There is a massive announcement happening within hours. It is Sunday afternoon. I'm recording this on a Sunday, and it's the afternoon. And that is presenting so many damn problems right now. There's a thing that's happening, a, a, a release of press tomorrow morning. To the best of my knowledge, it is happening, and I'm a major part of it. And I don't know if... I still don't know if it's 100% for sure. So I want to talk about it. I'm excited for that. Maybe uh, next week we get into that. Maybe I get to do it over on the Twitch stream. I don't know. If it didn't happen, then pretend this conversation never happened. All right? You never heard this. I never said this. If it did happen, hooray! And I hope you're as excited as I am about it. And I can't wait to talk about it. And we will later. But right now, I got to intro my guest. And then I got to get back to work for said announcement. It is being... It is crazy. How are you? How are, I'm sorry. That was very rude of me. I haven't even taken a second to ask how you are. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Me? Great. Professionally? On fire. Personally? Oh, dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. The, the real doll on the corner, she used to have an astonished face. She was just so surprised by the world. And now, I thought maybe I left her directly in a sunbeam and her face was just melting down. She just sad. She got a frowny face. She disappointed. So no personal life. Professionally, things are amazing. And that's part of the release, and I want to get to that. But let me introduce my guest, because this was such a fun podcast for me. My guest today is the wonderful, the talented, the delightful, the oh-so-charming Phil Lamar. Phil, you know him from Mad TV or Pulp Fiction. You definitely know his voice from Futurama and Samurai Jack or Justice League or any video game you've ever played. The man is an insanely funny, funny, funny comedian, a great actor, uh, a brilliant voice actor. He does impersonations that st I don't get people who can do impersonations. I'm so fascinated of that talent. I love it. I love it so much. There are points where I had to grip the armrests of my chair so that I wouldn't fall out of it because Phil was making me laugh so hard. I, I hope you get to see the video version of it. It's up on the old YouTubes. But hey, audio kids, you're in for a journey as well. Phil is... Uh, you'll, you'll hear me gush. Like I've been a fan of his work and his presence uh, for so long. And so it was a real joy to have him sit at the table and let me pick his brain and, uh, and let me gush fanboy on him. Here it is, The Pointless Podcast with Phil Lamar. This podcast should be America. 110% fucking blood red America. B-N-E-A-A. Everybody playing vagina. Cyborg Jesus. Jesus America. Uptown Funk don't give it to you. I was ready. I was ready for that. That was some Life of Pablo, I think, right? You just dropped. That was straight. That was the new Kanye. That was pure fire right there. No, see, for me, it's all Hamilton. All Hamilton all the time. Is that, is that, how does a ragtag volunteer army in need of a shower somehow defeat a global superpower? Woo! Woo! That's all. Alexander Hamilton, who knew? Yes, oh I should have paid shit. attention in history class. <laughs> Dude, it is, it is the, the most expensive ticket on Broadway and the best show on Broadway. So wait, is it, is it, there is actually a show called Hamilton. It's like Hip Hop Hamilton? Or what? Yes. What? Yes. I've got to get out of my bubble, man. It, it is... I know about PC video game releases <laughs> and like VR porn. I don't know anything about culture. Hip Hop Hamilton exists. It is the story, the life story of the first Secretary of Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, told as a hip hop opera. And it is the best show I've ever seen. Amazing. And it's on, on Broadway? On every, or it is Broadway? on Broadway right now. What? 
You yeah. cannot, you have to kill someone to get a ticket for less than like 600 bucks. Oh, I've killed people for far less. <laughs> I can, I've got posts ready to go for Craigslist. I can find someone <laughs> to put in a trunk and dig a ditch for with no problem. So you saw it? I saw it. Yeah? I saw it uh, when I was uh, in New York for uh, NYCC. And uh, yeah, I, I like started in August trying to get tickets for October and like finagled one through a friend and yeah, it blew my mind. Amazing. Amazing. Do you at the big theater buff or was this uh, like a rare um, instance I'm, for you? I'm medium. Yeah. Um, and I don't, yeah, there was, I just heard stuff about it. It's uh, the same guy who did Into the Heights, uh, In the Heights, and it, it just blew me away. I had no idea. And it's funny because I'm sitting between two like, you know, old white people in like pushing their 70s and they're just like bopping along to this, these hip hop. I mean, some of the shit is just like really, really, you know, it's amazing. Like he does uh, Washington and I mean Hamilton and Jefferson trying to convince Washington of a policy change in 1780 whatever as a rap battle. <laughs> like Jefferson, you're first. You know, it becomes king of the dot up on Broadway. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 amazing for government. Po- wow. Okay. All right. That's so, going on the list. Yes. That's going on the list. The next time you're in New York, Done. kill someone and get those tickets. Have you done the sleep no more experience? Have you tried mm. that? No, but somebody was telling me about oh, that. Man, go get. Was it the, amazing? You know what? Take the headphones off. Go now. Hop on the JetBlue Mint. Get over there now. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of, of dance theater in right, general, right. you know, let alone Shakespeare. But the way that they put this together over, you know, 500,000 square feet. Oh, my God. It is six stories of a, of a hotel See, that's been renovated. See, now I'm tired already. But, and that's the thing is that you want to be. Do you get be, tired? You do get a little exhausted <laughs> if you want to really be in the play because every room and every floor is themed differently. You've got a mask oh on, so you feel anonymous. Oh, wow. They'll separate you. If you go with a party, they will pull you off an elevator. Really? You'll be in a speakeasy sipping on absinthe if that's right. your deal. <laughs> they will pull you off an elevator and push you into a room. And, oh, my God. And you have an, an amount of freedom in a strange environment that you're not afforded in this world as a human being. Oh, so it's wow. like you see drawers, open them up. What's in there? There's some papers. Oh, you're at a bu- you you walk through a door, you're in a bar all of a sudden. Right, right. Is there a shot on the counter? Well, go ahead and take it if you want. If so, not, open the register, poke around, and then suddenly someone will descend or come in through a trap door or into the room and they are dancing and they are luring you into oh, an area. Wow. And it's up to you. Do you want to follow them and unravel that that thread of the story or right. you want to break off and run up a flight of stairs and head to a completely different section and piece together that. So it's like Dragon's Lair done right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. go that way. <laughs> you don't have to wait for the laser disc to load. <laughs> it's just whatever scene you want. And it's the kind of play where when I was done, I met up with my friends afterward and they were like, so what'd you think of the blood orgy? Which is a what? sentence I never thought I'd get. And I was like, I missed the blood oh, orgy. No. What? Yeah, I got pulled so into now you a gotta room. Go into, you gotta I gotta go, go again. again. I missed the blood orgy. That's I missed insane. it in Blade. I don't know if that existed in Blade, but I want to believe it did. <laughs> it did. That would be nice. They're playing Sandstorm and going at it. But okay, so wait, uh, let's let's get back. Laserdisc arcade games. That was a that was a great drop. <laughs> or, is that is that your world? Was that your style? Is Dude, that your speed? I'm very very old. No, I remember going to Hawaii when I was ten, and my big thing that I was proud of was that I never set foot on the water, <laughs> and that I spent one entire day traversing the like the length of um where were we oahu trying to find a comic book store and playing games in every arcade i found along the way (laughs) you're like i I don't need a sunrise or a sunset nope give me fluorescent lights and 20-sided die so you know what my i 
I think that alone pretty much established my nerd cred. Well, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and just a whole life of abstinence <laughs> exactly. as well. Like still struggling. We're going to get it someday, Phil. It's going to happen. <laughs> someday. So wait, so you're 10, you're in Hawaii. You have uh, a proclivity for the for the nerd nerdy things in life. Galaxian. Are your all oh, that's I'm just I I literally spent ten dollars playing that game all day long. We're, and now are your folks are they shaking their heads and talking in hushed tones about you in the other room about what they're supposed to do and <laughs> should we hire him a friend or what should we do or were they ultimately as supportive as you'd hope parents would be of they, my mom was off doing her own thing really you know yeah. He's like, yeah, hey, go have a good time. That's exactly. It. It's like, well, if that's what you want to do, I'll see my parents. I'm not doing it. Mine would, but would have grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and sat me in front of a sunrise and, and made said, you a better you person. You will enjoy this. No, <laughs> no, it would have made me a terrified person. I'd be like, this is how you're supposed to experience Hawaii. It's like, but can't I enjoy what I like? No, this is what the postcards of the pamphlets say <laughs> we're supposed to do, and you're my son, so this is what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, right. and it is funny because looking back, I was like, maybe she should have made me go to the beach. <laughs> Like, just put your foot in the water. I so, bet you had a fucking blast in Hawaii as a 10-year-old going from arcade to arcade. I did. Out comics. How I could did. you not? But the, I guess the truth of the matter is, like, you didn't need it to be in Hawaii to do that. That is true. That is true. You could have been in Peoria. Exactly. And it would have been exactly the same. You could have been in Van Nuys. <laughs> There's just as many arcades there. All right, but you don't wake up one morning and go, oh, happy birthday. I'm 10. I want to be a nerd. So how did, how did this get infused in you? Um, I think... I don't know. I mean, I was a reader in a family of non-readers. Mm -hmm. You know, I was an only child in a family of big families, you know. So I was always defined in opposition to. And back in the day, that made you a nerd. Right. You know? And like, you could identify with half of, if not 90% of all the nerd tales where it is someone living in opposition of their environment and trying exactly. to stand out and, and, and better themselves. Right. I mean, it's funny because it wasn't, there was no nerd culture. There was just stuff you were into, stuff you did. Like, okay, I have my Atari. Like, that's not a thing. It's just a thing you have. You know, um, I had, uh, I still have all of the uh, Conan the Barbarian uh, paperbacks, you know, still stuck on a shelf. Uh, Elric of Melnibony, still don't know how to pronounce it. I um, don't even know what that is. That that is a si that's the new Kendrick Lamar single that came out. I have no <laughs> idea what that reference. It's is. it's a sci-fi um, series from I don't know when it started. I read it in the eighties. Yeah. Um, it's about Elric the uh, the albino who has a. Uh, it, it's basically all of the stuff that formed the foundation for D and D, like all of these books. He had a uh, a was his sword. He had a black sword that drank souls like when he killed someone it ate it it right. ate the soul so the sword would get hungry and he would have to go fight would the sword actually like speak with him like hey listen i'm getting a little parched i need no, to no no it just it just he, he would stab it. somebody the sword grows stronger mm -hmm. and with it he does as well i'm assuming yeah. yeah wow yeah and of course you know so like when i started playing D, &D it was acting out all of the stuff that I've been reading. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, cool. Yes. Oh, I know. You know, Monster Manual. Yes, of course. You know, Greek mythology, all of that shit was just my world. See, it's, you know? but I'm always fascinated with that, with the, with the calling. Because religiously, I don't understand that, but right. I get it in the nerd community. I understand it there. <laughs> but for me, it was never D&D &D and lutes and fantasy and wizards. It was always, I was into lasers and, and sci-fi and tech and, oh, right, and future right. stuff. So it's like... It, Two, two of the, the same schools of thought and same emotional attachment to things. The same right, drive right. brings you to it, but a completely different subject matter. 
Yeah. I'm always fascinated. Well, and it's funny because, like, is it weird for you now that the thing that was your little cul-de-sac is now Main Street? Yeah. Like, everybody has a computer on their in their pocket. Of course, yeah. I, 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 I was like, oh, you know, <clears throat> podcasts. I, would, I was 9, 10 years old when I started doing audio on the Internet. Right. There was no pod. There was no any. It was just, oh, you're doing internet radio or you're doing little plays online. And now it's like, oh, no, now it's you take it for granted. It's what people do. It's everyone has one. It's how you say hello in Los Angeles. Oh it's like, God. would you do my podcast? Hi, right. I'm Kevin. <laughs> and you trade back and forth and that's it. Well, see, now that's because that's the weird thing is like it used to be defined in opposition. Yes. Now it's mainstream. Yeah. And like, does it change it? You know, I don't know. you know what? Here's the thing that I, people love to say it's fucking cool to be a nerd now, man. And yeah, isn't it great? It's cool to be but a nerd. But is it even nerdy to no, be a nerd here's now? The thing. No, it's, it's actually still not cool to be a real nerd. Like there are real, there are kids out there that are still bullied, that are belittled, right. that feel like, well, I'm, I'm, I feel, uh, I look emaciated and I wear too much black and guy liner and I get bullied for that. It's like, it's not right. cool. To, it's cool to be a cool nerd. It's cool right. to make a living being a nerd, but there's still like, people. They they they, they celebrate. Ah, oh, it's it's awesome to be a nerd. It's like, well, no, r real nerds who are young kids, right. feeling like the nerds we felt when we were younger. They're still dealing with a lot of issues. They're well, not. But see now, bullying and nerddom do not go hand in hand. This is true. You that know, is true. There are people like I just like watching Happy Days who got hit in the face. You know, and it didn't have anything to do. It's like, I just There was don't. a massive happy, happy Days backlash. Exactly. People, people don't talk about that enough. You're not Fonzie. Right. Um, but the, the, the whole thing of like just, I don't know. You're right. Being, no, I, outside, I, I, being I sh outside the mainstream. I shouldn't attach the two so dearly. But. Well, but, but I, get, I think they used to be attached more than they are now. I mean, part of it is that audiences are more segmented. Mm -hmm. There is not the monolithic mainstream that there used to be where it was really clear if you were outside the mainstream. Like, I was talking to somebody about this um, the other day. The fact of adult males with shaved heads. When I was a kid, if a man had a shaved head, he was either a merchant marine, a convict, or a hell's angel. Right. Like, the CEO of Amazon, the CEO of a company couldn't come out and do, you know, a profit statement with his head shaved. Right. People would go, insane someone wrestle him off the stand you know right. now someone has a face tat and you go do i cross the street to avoid or do i invest in their tech startup exactly. because they're going to be the next uber <laughs> exactly the the things that define um otherness aren't the same and don't don't have the same weight anymore mm -hmm. you know i mean in some i mean i guess somewhere anywhere outside of texas sometimes being the good looking blonde kid on the football team makes you an outlier right you know, even though those things are still valued, um, everybody knows, well, not everybody has that. You know, I, I don't know anybody's getting bullied for having a nice square jaw. No offense, Kevin. <laughs> no, that's, you, that's, this you, is, you square jaw I, paid white a guys. I paid a lot of money for this. I want, I said, <laughs> I went, went to a specialist and I was like, make me the most generic white male you can. I want to be the default character in a video game before you touch any sliders. <laughs> like, I want to be just the, I want to be so vanilla. It's painful. That's what you could really commit any crimes. Like, well, do we have a sketch there? It's like, that's, that's really not going to narrow it down at all. Exactly. Like, look at the, go look at the figure on any piece of weightlifting equipment at a 24-hour fitness. It's just generic white dude. That's me. There is nothing interesting. And I'm okay with that.
But now, I'm totally okay with it. Do you ever get bullied for being? I don't. You know, I don't. I don't. I am status quo. I did. I. You know. I've had my privilege checked. I think once in my life, <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. If that's the worst that happens, fine. Like I. I get it. I get it. That's hilarious. I don't mind blending in. That's. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but now, the interesting thing about nerddom, though, look, looking at the youth. And I, I look at them often to the point where there should be a court order. There they are now. <laughs> I've gathered them. They're in a glass cube. Don't ask questions <laughs> and don't feed them. Um, but I still think it's it's interesting because you're right. What you said was really was really key about like it, there is no um, there is no monolithic glob of this is nerddom that that's micro communities, right? Right, right. Um, but what's fascinating now to watch is how. Um, Nerds get protective over their their yes. particular thing, and and so it's they, they love making outcasts of others mm-hmm. when all they really wanted to begin with was acceptance and love, right. and respect for the things that they love. It's like, well, I'm into Pokemon. You like Yu-Gi-Oh? Fuck you, <laughs> you nerd, you piece of shit. Well, now see, that was always part of it because I mean that's that's the oppressor, like yo, House Negro versus me, outside slaves. Like, well, at least I'm not him. <laughs> It's like, I'm not one of those asses who likes Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> right, you know? right. Because, I mean, that's what we were taught. You know, it's like, if you were not mainstream, you had this thing that you were into, you were shit on, you know? And it, I think it's some bad part of human nature to look for someone lower than you to right. shit on them. It's like, you know, it's like, well, I may do this, but I'm not that. It's like, I love Mad Magazine, but I would never read Cracked. <laughs> right. Oh, you caught me wearing a Sailor Moon skirt. Yes, but at least I'm not a brony. Right. (laughs) I don't fuck with that shit. No rainbows and unicorns for me. Which is so funny because, I mean, I think now people are starting to realize... What's what's the term? Uh, When you're you're into one... uh, Oh, I can't... Never mind. But, but like, the fact that, like, well, if you are part of an oppressed group, shouldn't you probably, like, stand up for other oppressed groups? Yes, yes. It's like, oh... Yeah, I guess so. Because you don't want people to mock you for your thing, so why are you mocking that's, them? Yeah, ultimately, I think that's what I was driving to, which is like I'm shocked that that still exists. I still see it all the time. Whether it's PC Master Race, you got an Xbox, screw you. Like, really? <laughs> this is the argument of your day? This is what you're consumed with? But but it's weird because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a comic book guy from way back. Sure. So, and, it, and that, I think comic books are a real, like, microcosm of nerddom. Yes. Especially the massive conservative strain that frequently inhabits nerddom. You know, comics are the most conservative. It's like, don't change anything ever. It's like, well, why not? If you're making a movie out of Watchmen, you should just point a camera at the pages and just slowly flip them and then edit your hand out because that hand wasn't in what I read. How dare you? Right, like, they lose their minds over even the most incremental change. You know, it's like, really, does it matter? It's like... Yes, to me. Like, because if anything, you know, varies at all from what it was when I first saw it when I was 12, it's wrong. Like, okay, but you realize that everything you're reading is based on something else, and it's all tweaked, and it's all changing, and it's constantly been changing. Yeah. No, I don't realize that. (laughs) And I don't accept it. I'm just going to wave this stick blindly, and if it hits you, I don't care. Get out of my sphere. Get out of it. Superman needs his yellow belt. So now, were you were you bullied, or were you one of those guys that were like, "I'm into comics"? Oh, you're into graphic novels? Forget you, or wherever <laughs> you drew your line. What was your? Um, your no, your I was never. Uh, did I say ever, ever bullied? Uh, not really. Like, did you run no. with a? Because you're a obvious, very funny guy. 
uh, we haven't even got into the the career, which which, <laughs> I, which I'm, I'm I'm dying to get into. But it's like you know the journey from being ten in Hawaii and going being consumed with comic shops and arcades weaving its path what was your support group your peers your friend well, group that I, would lead I, you into well i think basically it's it's all the same uh the reason i wasn't bullied is the same reason i'm an actor uh the ability to keep enough distance and also to blend in enough you know like i learned to speak you know the language of where i was you know um enough but also i would never get Try to. I'm gonna try to be one of the boys. Like, well, all the other boys are white, so I'm not actually going to be one of those boys. But I can sound like one of those boys. I can play the games with one of those boys, and then I'll go home. Mm -hmm. You know. So I always kept a little distance, um, which was natural to me because of you know my nerddom. Like, well, everything I do is different. I'm used to that being different from what other people do. So I'm not gonna try to impose it on anybody. Hey, come come read this episode of you know this issue of whatever. It's like. No, I'm not even going to, I'm going to listen to you talk about what you're into. Right. Then I'll go home and be into what I'm into, um, which that sort of chameleon thing has led me to an, a career in acting. Did you have that perspective on it at the time where you're like, I'm with this group now. I need to compartmentalize my interests and my passions, yeah. you know, try to tap dance and, and dip a toe in their water here. And then I'll save that for later. You had that perspective at the yeah. time. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I said, um, my mom's from Arkansas. She's from a very big family. All of my cousins are like four and five kids each. You know, I was an only child. Where were you geographically? At uh, L.A. You were in L.A. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so my, my daily experience was completely different than my cousins. But when I went to their house, I got into their world. Mm -hmm. I talked a lot with my cousins. And then, you know, I was living, uh, at one point we lived in Inglewood. Then we moved to the North Valley. And I was in an almost completely white neighborhood. And that's the world I was in. And when I was there and, you know, at, at you know, my Balboa Boulevard Elementary School, I did those references, spoke that language, lived there, you know, never fooling myself that this is this was my world. Right. This is not I always felt like this is not really me. This is not really what I'm of or where I belong, but I can hang. That just sounds so uh, I mean, lonely. A, well, yeah, I was going to say it sounds lonely. It sounds daunting. It's, I feel like I would be exhausted. <laughs> I mean, truly, truly. But also, what, what an amazing uh, perspective to have on it at the time. It, it sounds like it, it helped groom who you are in a, in a major way. It informed yes, this ability. And, and stunt me emotionally. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Did you feel like it was, it must have been holding you, like, to, to feel like you can't fully express yourself right. with the people yeah. that you're around? I, I, that sounds like it would take a lot out of me. But I also, take a lot out of but you, I also think there was an only child thing where it's like, well, it's just me. Right. I'm not used to depending on anybody else for my expression or like, I wish I could tell somebody. It's like, no, there was not, nobody to tell. So why would you wish that? Right. It's like, I wish I could fly to the roof. Well, you can't. So why are you, why are you wishing that? <laughs> like, it, it, like when something is not a possibility, right. it never occurs to you. Right. As, as a lack, you know? So did you feel like did you try to express yourself and then you were you were you were put in a place they were told like oh no 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 that's not what we're into that's not what we enjoy that's not what we like or did you never take that step did you always keep that guard up um i'm trying to think uh i i don't think i was ever like you know told no mm -hmm. um trying to think uh i mean cuz i always i i would draw i remember being very popular in 5th grade or whenever cuz like Jaws, one of the Jaws movies was big, and I would draw uh, portraits of people as sharks. 
here's your shark portrait of you. Basically, it was just the same shark, but like with your shirt on it. <laughs> right. But like that was a, like my little coping. I was popular right. for th- those three weeks, you know. Um, and there was always some little thing. Like you would you would learn you would be, the ability to assess the situation, figure out, okay, what are people into? What's danger zone? What's popular zone? And find it. Find enough of it to, you know, get by and to feel comfortable. The rigors of being a, a fifth grader. <laughs> like having to spin those plates and figure out who you are, what right. you're into, what your interests are, and then figure out how to, how to engage that in, in a community, especially when you, you were, feel like you're living in three different communities at some time. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's exhausting. That's the only word I can come up with for it. It's exhausting. So when did you, when did you have that moment where you felt, oh, this is, this is the fullest expression of myself? Um, well, I accidentally started acting. Accidentally? Yeah, because... Uh, like, we're looking for the bathroom, open the door, and now you're on a stage. Well, no, because my, <laughs> my um, high school, or it was 7th through 12th grade, in 8th grade, they were doing a production of Phantom Tollbooth, which was a book that I loved. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned because I loved the book, not because I needed the attention, not because I wanted people to look at me. Um, and I auditioned for this one little part towards the end of the book that's like, oh, I need to play the census taker. And I wound up getting cast as one of the leads. And then from the, the first performance, I, my character opens the play with a monologue to the audience. And that was, that was the first shot of heroin. Right. And the yeah. dragon's in the veins. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been chasing that dragon ever since. And, and, uh, and someday you'll get it. Don't worry. Someday you'll <laughs> get it. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> Wait, so there was no prior training or experience? You just went out for it, went for I it? I think I probably took like a, a theater class, you know, mm-hmm. Like as a as a daycare sort of thing when I was younger, but there was no um, like desire. I wasn't like you know trying to do that, or it, and it wasn't thought of. I mean, I was the least um, attention getting person in my family. Like my my cousins and everybody in my family, boisterous, are, are loud, loud on. and fun, and you know know how to dress and everything. I'm, I was the one who was sitting in the corner reading a book. Right. I was the last person. Strong looked, shark portrait. Exactly. <laughs> if you looked at my family, I was the last person you would ever assume would get into show business. Wow. And yet, and so I asked, you know, the question was like, when was, you, when was the fullest expression of yourself? And you went back to that first time on stage. And yeah. yet you were also in that moment playing a character. Right. You're playing a role. Mm-hmm. And because all of the skills that I had, right. you know, gotten up to that point, like, oh, this works. And I'm, and li- literally the energy of the audience was intoxicating. Yeah. I felt seven feet tall and like like I could do anything. I like I could you know like you fly. could fly to your exactly you know? exactly. Suddenly you it's it's that's so fascinating that you're building this like tool chest and yet you don't know what you make with those right. tools, but you've got all these talents and abilities, <laughs> and then you have that moment of oh right, oh. this is how I play the instrument that I have been trained to play for right. all and, these and years. And I think about what would have happened if that if they had done a different play. Right. They've been doing, you know, Annie, get your gun. I'm like, oh, I'm not interested in that. Would you be in a, in a cubicle somewhere, like, massaging a spreadsheet and right. then tasting the barrel of a gun every night while thinking about what went wrong? <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah, right, right. You know, sliding wow. doors. But... Wow, okay. That's, that's incredible. That's so, when, so, but now, you know, the expression of yourself as a character is one thing, but the expression of you as Phil, as a human being... I'm I'm at the phase of my I'm always interested in like phases of life right 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 because I feel like like I when I was in my 20s I was like oh well, I'm in my 20s <laughs> so Time things out. are supposed to be happening that are right. in your 20s that's what it's supposed to be but I'm always like okay but but how do I glean how do I, I, I let me be let me take a step back 
Go for it. Maybe selfish with my motives. Go for I, it. I, I have admired your career uh, and your personality and a whole bunch of stuff from afar. I mean, I've driven by your house several times on Street View. <laughs> That's and not wish, really far. That's I wished I could knock on that you door. Can, you could so be a little it's, farther. It's, 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 it's uncomfortable. The, the quadcopters <laughs> I've flown over... <laughs> Your family vacations should be concerning to you. No, but mind it from afar. I mean, granted, that is that is a single dimension with right. which I'm able to see. But you seem uh, you seem incredibly happy. You seem well adjusted. You seem you, very professional. Thank you. Uh, family man, right. got it together. All this stuff, you know. And and I'm at a phase of my life now. I'm I'm early 30s, right. and I'm like I don't know. I, again, I have a label for it but I couldn't fully comprehend my 20s until I hit 30. Right. And so I'm, again, in this fact-finding mission, I'm trying to um, sham-wow every <laughs> ounce of experience and knowledge that I can. So, again, this is completely selfishly motivated. Right. But I'm, what is the, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the, for the takeaway. How can I accelerate my growth as a human being that I don't have to make the mistakes in my 30s to have perspective on it when I'm 40 and looking back personally and professionally? There might be a question in there. Right. There's probably not because I'm not a good host, Phil. I'm really terrible at what I do, but that is a 10,000 foot- But you foot... do it for successfully. I'm doing it. Somehow I'm faking my way. So it's like, I guess- No, I no, guess I, question... I think I know what you're, what you're asking. I mean, and I don't have the answer. Okay, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, <laughs> the show that we're promoting. <laughs> no, please. No, because I don't think there is an answer. Um, that thing you, you said when you got to your 30s and you look back in your 20s and you can make sense of it, that just keeps happening. Right. If you keep yourself open to it. Now, I think there are a lot of people, and maybe less so these days than used to be, but like, I'm grown up. I'm finished. <laughs> and people stop yeah. assessing. They stop growing. They stop learning. Well, this is know? just me. This is who Take I am. Take it or leave it. Hey, yeah. my dad beat me in the head with a pipe, but I turned out all right. It's like, actually, I don't think you did. <laughs> but like that whole thing of like, I turned out. I'm done. I am cooked. Right. You know? Right. I'm fully realized. This is it. Is a myth. And even if you achieve your dreams, you still got to keep going. You still got to keep figuring it out every day, every month, every year, every decade. There's, I mean, the thing that we're talking about, like, Full expression of self. Yes, I'm still striving for that's, that. That's ultimately what I was driving to. Because I know? feel like when I uh, when I see again, it's it's a it's a single social stream or feed that I can I can know you through. I don't right, you right. Know, know you in this world, but it's like it, it, you seem very actualized and realized to me from the outside looking I, in. I love my job. I have a great time, but I don't do autobiographical stuff. I'm not, and it's funny because it's it's part of the hard time I'm having transitioning mm. into the new me. It's like, people want to know you. It's like, I don't know if I want people to know me. And then I'm like, why not? You know? So it's like, because uh, I spent my entire life and, you know, formative years, you know, welding this mask onto right. my face. Now you're telling me the only thing that's valuable is taking off the mask and showing people what's behind it? Fuck you. No, this is... No, this is what. Ah, da, da, this is no, no, no. We want to sequence the DNA of this chameleon that you've become and know what allows you to be that. Yes, chameleon. What's your real color? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's which? What's behind me? Don't turn around. What's your real color? Right. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Ooh, so sorry to interrupt, but I'm not. Now check out my shades as I shred away on my skateboard. Hey, friends. Hey, pointless listeners, exclusive offer alert. Sound the alarm. Find me a siren. I don't care. Just find me a siren. LYFT.com slash Kevin. That's lift.com slash Kevin. That is my name. 
after a slash and lyft.com. You go there, you save $30 off your first three rides with Lyft. Oh, so why? Why do I want to use a Lyft? Well, how about because driving sucks? And how about because you're saving 10 bucks off your first three? Huh? And I don't care what type of ride you want. They got regular Lyft. Hmm? You just want to have a chill day. You want to pop in some earbuds. You want to enjoy a ride? Do it. There's Lyft Plus for when you're rolling super deep. If you're having like a totes yellow moment with your besties and you get enough of them together, you get that Lyft Plus. And then there's Lyft Line where you can carpool, save a ton of money, meet some interesting friends, have a thumb wrestling competition. Just make sure you get consent and that should be signed for. Uh, and other services. Yeah, there's other people that'll pick you up and take you to someplace. Hell, you could probably slip a Domino's driver five bones and he'll let you hop in the trunk. You'll smell yeasty, but it's fine. So will your Tinder date. But they don't have the crazy BS thing where it's like, oh, it's it's too cold out. And suddenly now your ride's going to charge, uh, I don't know, 40 times the price because that's a thing. Sorry, there's no concern with Lyft. They don't do that. So there's no anxiety over what day of what, what day it is or what time it is. You just get in the car. You're going to pay a good rate. That's the way they work. And they're not like a giant ivory-towered corporation that wants to enslave the masses. I mean, sure, they want to make a profit. That's that's cool. You're allowed to do that. But they have worked with drivers. You haven't seen any crazy protests in the street or people getting pepper sprayed over the Pink Mustache Company. Why? Because they started as a couple guys who just wanted to improve their local community, make some money for some drivers, save people some time, get some money for customers. Okay, it's fine. That It was a good mission. So they're doing the right thing. So why don't you do the right thing and let them do their thing, which is take you from one thing to the next. That's how the company works. Lyft.com slash Kevin. That's L-Y-F-T dot com slash Kevin. Head there. You put in your cell phone number. You get a message. You activate your offer and you get $10 off your first three rides. And do it now. Do it fast. Do it with a stash. I don't, they don't have a, do they have a thing? Like, don't be, don't be set adrift. Try a lit. What? No, that's, that's terrible. You, you, Oculus Rift and the lit. There's, you get my point. Bye. Now the, 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 the question then becomes like, do you know what's behind that, that mask that you, that I you have inklings. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it goes, it's, it's about looking back. It's like, okay, what are the things that, you know, that's, that's, that's saying for you. What are the things you've done mm. that felt good? That's really felt, resonated. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What resonated and piecing those things together is what's allowing me to like, okay, that is what I have to say. That is who I am, but it's also changing. Right. You know, you know, cause when I was in my twenties, I had a different, I mean, it's funny cause I was in the groundlings writing sketches at the time and it was so much easier to write sketches in my twenties because everything made me mad or I loved it. Right. And those are, those are the, you know, the emotions that drive, you know, it's like, Oh, let me mock that. Or let me hold this on high. But then as you get more experience and more perspective, you're like, nah, eh, it's pretty good. That's not that great. <laughs> right. It's like, eh, you start to see the gray. Terrible. You start to yes. see, you get ambivalent about Which is, because, And it's so much harder to create from a place of like, eh, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, totally. The, the the guy that I just uh, the, the the PC master race guy who likes to say PC games are it. I hate your Xbox and your PlayStation Four. I right. love to go. Really, is that what it's about? Well, at least he's passionate about it. Because for exactly. me, I go like, I don't, I don't really care. 
Right. I'll play it wherever. That ambivalence, that gray is really tough to mine. Right. You need those strong emotions. But so you've got, you've got to dig down through all of that, it's like through the intellectual, and like get back to the gut. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's like, okay, well, what are the things that make you giggle? What are the things that piss you off? Mm -hmm. you know, what are the things that make you frightened, you know, really on a gut level? And, Bill, I don't have know. time for those emotions. I have a mortgage. <laughs> that's it. That's the only thing that Dude. drives me, and that's the only thing that should drive anybody, right? Everybody should own a home and fear that's every right. day. Get, yes. get through childhood as quickly as possible, become a grown-up, buy a house, yes. get a good job, pay that mortgage right when you're, until your pension kicks in. Exactly. And hate the journey. Yes. That's what it's about. Be done as soon as you can. Although, that's funny, because in the previous era, that was the thing. It's like... Throw it all away. And then, you know, it's like, well, I've been in this office for 25 years. Now I'm going to write the great American novel about my dissatisfaction. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, what, what if you didn't buy into that and you didn't spend 25 years being dissatisfied? Then what do you write about? Um, how I got a trophy for playing when I was eight? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you've never been challenged. Yeah, so it's weird. Like, okay, well, what... How do you, how do yeah, you value, need, where does creativity come from? Some people need to put down rails that they could chug along for many years until they finally get to push the, the train off those tracks right. and then admire, they'd be warmed by that fire. And, it's like, but you know. And there's a value in that, totally. in having something to draw from. Like, but that's the thing, like, I, I think about that when you see people who are like, I'm 19 and I'm going to pursue my dreams. Like, bitch, you ain't old enough to have a dream yet. <laughs> how do you know what your dream is? It's like your dream as opposed to what, you know? And it's weird because, like, well, you don't do do people need to be deprived to be creative, right? You know, no, I don't. That may, maybe, at least for me, emotionally, <laughs> I had to be emotionally deprived. I mean, I didn't want don't for look much. At Kevin. Don't look except at Kevin. love. That's all, <laughs> and that's that's my struggle. But you know, the that road to that self actualization, though, that you you spent your twenties. I'm assuming you, we are going full on Marion Williams. Oh, we can we? we can certainly no 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 because uh, because th this is where I go in the absence of like when I, I go to conventions and stuff and I'll have panels. Yeah, I will go down one of these roads and I realize that. Then I'll look out and I realize, oh, they just want me to do the voice. I was going to say, I really would love, like, I'm super into Kanye right now, so we'll get to a Kanye impersonation, like, fully. But I love, that, like, this notion of this mask that you learn to put on and right. change at will, this little snap-on, snap-off mask for whatever mm -hmm. your environment, <laughs> while you're busy refining that and doing that for a career. For, right, for, and for being rewarded for it. And being rewarded at what do you, are you allowed did you allow yourself the time to stop and reflect on the real you or who you are or were you on the treadmill of play this character play this part get this thing elevate the money elevate the comfort elevate the yeah. imdb rating whatever that thing well, is my, my first goal was i want to make my living as an actor right and then i was just like just chugging away towards you know clawing my way towards that and then i got there and realized oh that's an, a moving goal Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, okay, now I got to make my living right. next You week. climb to the top of that mountain that you get above the cloud coverage and you realize, oh, this was the hill. The mountain is actually that yeah, one. Yeah, and, and, as, and as performers, we're, we're all glorified temps. Like, every job ends, yeah. you know? There's, there's, okay, so I don't get to, I mean, unless you reach a level of stardom and don't have a coke habit, that you can say, like, I have earned enough money that I don't need to do anything. Now I can, you know, I can coast or I can, right. you know, I am in orbit. Like, I feel like, Tom Hanks, has start, his stardom has reached a level where he's just sort of in an orbit. Sure. You know, he's never not going to be famous. People go, Tom who? 
Like right. that's not going to happen. Right. You know, but there are many of us where it's like, oh, we're up here and oh, you know, the, the, I've lost my thrusters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you I know. was done for, uh, there was a, a, a short period of time. Thankfully, I, I got through it because it was, that was the rough, oh, I'm out of juice where the thrusters of, you know, oh, you're geez. on the ride, you're off the ride. Right. And right. for me, it was like, oh, from G4's attack of the show, it's right. Kevin Pereira. And I'm like, cool. I did that four years ago. Oh fuck! <laughs> is that? Oh right, and that, and then coming in for landing. Yeah, and and so it's like I mean I'm sure people still talk. Phil, Phil Mark, Mad TV, right, right, right? and it's and like, the, yes, done... and you you run that risk of like, okay, have I done anything else? I mean, on one level, it's just you know the day the monthly paycheck thing. Like, well, I've had other jobs since then, but have you had anything that people recognize? Right, and. And I think Did you that, pop a wheelie on the zeitgeist? Yeah, exactly. To quote Sir Jesus. <laughs> like, you know, and I was, I was kind of daunted by that for a moment. And then, and now I, I've learned to celebrate that. Like, right. how amazing that my name is attached with a thing that people gravitated towards and right. love and respect and whatever. And I now don't need the title that precedes my name on a release <laughs> to, to give me a sense of self-worth. I actually don't even right. need the release anymore, which is wonderful. It's, yes. it's I'm finding that fire within, but... I, I am I am in the I'm on the treadmill and I yes. recognize it. Well, but then there's also recognizing that if you do this thing, is it why are you doing it? It's like because some people is like, well, it's all I've ever done, or I, you know, I said I wanted to do this. Like, is it still what you want to do? Um, for me, I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's acting on stage or doing you know cartoon voices or doing on camera stuff, I still enjoy it. You know, I still get that same you know, taste of the dragon that I got from that first time. So I'm like, okay, I know I'm still in the right place, but you know, it's also about expanding. It's like, well, w continuing to challenge myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's also part of the, the getting older thing uh, as well. Cause like, well, cause if you don't do that, you can get bitter, you know? I mean, I remember when I first started in voiceover, there were the old guys who had their reading glasses and their safari vests. <laughs> And they didn't know what the, know exactly they didn't know what the cartoon about. was about. Right. They just showed up to get the check. All yeah. right, I'm gonna do the job, and then I'm gonna go play golf or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I don't think anybody wants their job to be an afterthought. Right. You know, but you also don't need to define yourself by it. And there's a there's a a middle ground somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. You know, where you can continue to to grow and find new things. Like for me, I'm trying to find that personal voice like okay what do i have to say what am i going to create mm -hmm. you know um and so working a lot on that and also trying to figure out you know who's really behind the mask you know right. so how long has that process been in, um, in process so 15 20 how, how old are my kids um oh that was that the was that a checkpoint was that when a switch flipped was no no it was actually no. after after the kids have been around for a realized okay what am i doing and why am I doing it? Because at one point you just realized, well, I've got to pay for them. I have to support. Yeah, of course. And of course. then, but then you have to ask. I well, I had to ask the questions like, okay, well, it's not just for that. What else? Mm. And that, those are the questions I'm asking and trying to find answers to. And is that through uh, yoga? Is it uh, <laughs> is it meditation? Is it a cocaine habit? Like, yes, how exactly. have you decided to mine I, the depths of your soul? Like, I do. Yes, I have something called the therapeutic cocaine uh, habit. <laughs> yeah, I do hot room coke yoga. Like, <laughs> there, oh my god! There, I get that, into a downward dog. I sniff a line, <laughs> and then I hold plank. And I just talk about how great I am. <laughs> oh, namaste. That, see, now that, that's something that speaks to me. Um, 
No, it's, uh, it's, it's therapy, and it's um, trying to balance the work you do on a, you know, to pay the bills with, you know, what else do you do? You're finding friends who, you know, are cool and making new friends and also just trying to m dig in, dig in. And, and for me, it's, it's hard because I'm lazy. You know. Are you uh, lazy or you work so hard that no, I'm when lazy. It comes, oh, you're just lazy. I'm lazy. Okay, like, okay yeah. I should I should write today, but the PlayStation's still plugged in. <laughs> you know, and I won't even play a game where I'm like, you know, up going up in levels and getting you know, a game that I can finish. You're I'm going just, back I'm to matching. M MLB the show, <laughs> and I don't even play season. I just play exhibition games, just one, one after the other. Just one more. Let's let's fire up one more. Right. Can't leave on a winning streak and can't leave on a loss. <laughs> exactly. So let's just do one more. I got I hit I hit what I think addicts refer to as uh as rock bottom uh the other week because I sat down I was like same thing I'm I'm gonna do some writing and I fired up that Google Doc and <laughs> I watched the the blinking cursor I'm like okay let me stretch a little bit you know I'll get, I'll get a little tea <laughs> get a little tea put down there I'll have some sips I'm gonna get some writing you know ah, I haven't updated all my systems in a while oh. I should probably update them so I, I before I, I get started let me clean like, this. What I, I literally updated firmware on a PlayStation and like updated graphics drivers on a gaming computer. Did not play a game. No. I merely updated the systems. Wow. I was like, well, I feel accomplished now. I guess I'll. Uh, that's procrastination with a capital this P. Is real bad. That's, that's yeah. That's not amateur procrastination. That's procrastination. <laughs> I hit a new level. That's amazing. <laughs> Gonna update um, my firmware. It was yeah. It was real. See that's, now you put that in my head. Oh yeah. That's you got that's it. gonna happen. Because the last thing you want when you sit down to play a game is to have to go through a bunch of updates. So I had to pre-produce my downtime and make sure I'm ready. So that your next bout of procrastination <laughs> yes. is much more efficient. I was, that's a being a productive procrastinator <laughs> if you think about it. I was really <laughs> setting the dominoes up. for the. Oh, God, that's so oh, sad. Oh, that's hilarious. That is so sad. All right, so the, the huge fan of the Mad TV stuff, man. I mean, Ooh, I, like, yeah. massive fan. Um, and then the Wait, voice of... Because how old were you in Mad TV? What year was it? Was uh, it was mid late nineties, right? I'm thirty three now. So you were you were in the teens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you were our demographic. Oh, I was I was heavily informed by it, and <laughs> and and with a family that didn't really um, like my family didn't unite around much other right. than uh, a dinner table. So it was certain TV shows, and there were a handful. Okay. And Mad TV was it for us. Really? You know, it was, oh yeah. I mean, we, and Living Color as well. Mad TV. Oh, that's so funny. Some Married with Children before that, but it was like there was a handful of shows where we would unite, and so right. I was I was raised by by Mad TV in many ways and loved sad. it. But, but it's, it's, it's it's telling. <laughs> it's telling. I think I I turned out okay. Am I? <laughs> wait, am I the lead pipe guy that you talked about? Yeah. I was like, I'm Any, fine. Anybody who says I turned out okay did I'm not done. turn out no, okay. No, not at all. I was <laughs> saying it as a I, question. Yes. <laughs> It's like, I turned out unself-aware. That's really what you're saying. I, I say that in the mirror every morning <laughs> while covered in my own tears. Exactly. But, okay. Okay. but then the, the transition to VO, was it, did you always enjoy doing voices? Cause well, my very first job was a cartoon job, but it wasn't like considered a career. It was just a random happenstance. I did the Mr. T cartoon when I was in high school because I was in L.A. I did not know that. Yes. That's yes. amazing. Yeah, a friend of my mother's worked for NBC and knew they were using real kids. Yeah. which was an anomaly at the time. Right. But Mr. T wanted to use real kids. You know, I'm, I'm good with the kids. Um, <laughs> and so we did this really bad uh, cartoon for three seasons. Um, and it was my summer job for three years. That's amazing. You got three seasons out of something that you would term really bad. Oh, no, it was awful. Really? It was really bad. Like, we were directed to end every sentence up because it gives it energy. I'm so sorry, your dog died? No. Every, and if no. you didn't go up, 
He made you do it again. Oh, you know, it was bad. It was you know, the whole thing was just a bad ripoff of you know Scooby Doo. Sure, like Mr. T is a coach of a gymnastics team that travels around solving mysteries. There it is. <laughs> you know what the fuck? How did I not? I know about Mr. T's album, which I, the Treat Your Mother Right song <laughs> is one of my favorite tracks in the world. But are and, you kidding me? Yes, and the dog has the uh, the mohawk. No. Oh, oh, oh! I wish I would have been in the room. Oh yeah, no. When that when that was ballied about, when someone put that on, on well, the board. should the kid have a mohawk? Mmm, he's white. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Give it what to about the, the dog? Give it to the dog. Uh. <laughs> All right. So wait, the premise of the show that you were on mm-hmm. was it? Okay, he's throw. He just he just he just whipped an alligator like a lasso. Oh no! Oh this and this was my favorite part. Whenever we were chasing bad guys, we would do. Oh, they're getting away! Quick, do cartwheels, <laughs> as if. A person doing cartwheels is faster. Well, you know that accelerates your speed, of course. Yes. So, wait. So the the premise was mm. Mr. T was the coach of mm. a gymnastics team, right? That like you do. Okay. Yep. And what, Mr. T doesn't do gymnastics. <laughs> he is the coach of a gymnastics team that travels <laughs> around. Travels around solving mysteries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of love the nineties. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Was that late 80s, early 90s, or was that, that early was, mid 90s? When, when, when was that? That was mid 80s. Oh, my God. Yeah, 80, 83 to 85. Oh, my God. Yeah, I said, I said 90s, but I was looking at the animation style of McDonald's. That is, oh, Punch and Sharks? Oh, yeah. No, okay. It was made by Ruby Spears, which was the poor man's Hanna-Barbera. So, you know, quality. We're and that was, a, I always, do, I do feel like drugs inform art. <laughs> And so many. Well, see, now, you, th- you look at that, it's like, wow, look at those crazy backdrops. That's just cheap, man. Colors are cheaper than lines. Right. Like, like we, oh, yeah, we that, don't have to pay anybody to reproduce that background. Right. Because it's just color. Just get out the spiral graph, splash some ink on it, and let it be done. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. Go ahead, kids. That is. Don't um, let that man grab you, Robin. <laughs> oh, no, Woody. We're in the Florida swamps. Quick, we got to do a back handspring to somehow, <laughs> because somehow that's going to help us chase down the criminal. So now, okay. So drugs informing art. <laughs> the, way, the reason hair metal sounds a certain way, mm. and there, there are there are books written on this, is that a lot of the audio engineers, the techs, the producers, they were on so much cocaine because it was uh, everywhere in the recording industry right, in the eighties right. that for them they would want to press their ears up to the speaker as they're mashing <laughs> their own jaws together, <laughs> and they would tweak the high end, and that's why it's all like super high end, and that's like oh, you know, interesting. That's why like you know certain you know. Like even some would say trap music is inspired by like right. lean culture, like guys on Sizzurp and they want, you know, there's certain artists that they want that, that low bass warble and they want to feel like someone is slowing that record down or whatever, you know? Right. Is that, how do you explain the Mr. T cartoon? That's got to be. That is pure marketing, baby. They, I'm sure they're like, okay, we got a TV series. We got a, uh, we've got the movies. We've got serial. What, did we forget anything? So they're just oh, Jesus. At- we forgot to give him a, an animated series. So they're just looking at the silos and going, make that happen now. Yeah, need, and that's what market that, we can tap into. That's another, uh, uh, you know, action figure we can sell. Jesus. Yeah. Good on them. Three <laughs> seasons, hey. Three seasons yeah. and experience. And, and we never met Mr. T. No, really? No. Nope. Not one session with him? Nope. Aww. But the I Mohawk know. dog, he was there every day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone's job was to shave and dye that masterpiece. <laughs> so you had the experience in your teens doing Mr. T. So right. you knew it was something that you liked, but maybe not. But it wasn't a career. I mean, I yeah, it, I done. I was doing plays at the time, you know. And but it wasn't. It wasn't really until I finished college that I decided to actually pursue acting as a career. 
because I'm like, well, I really enjoy this. I think I'm fairly good at it, you know, and there's nothing else that thrills me quite as much. So no point in not doing it. Yeah, I mean, that you sounds know. like a pretty reasoned argument to, to chase after something. Well, it's like, I can always go to med school. <laughs> not, not at all. I'll yeah. improv as a doctor someday. Exactly. This will be fine. That'll be my taste. <laughs> and so, so after post-mad TV, is that, you know, the, I'm sure the VO lifestyle was more conducive to having a family. Right, right. But that was, that was all happenstance. Because um, we did some VO stuff on mad TV. We did the, uh, the claymation stuff that yeah. Corky Quakenbush did. And that actually, I think, was really helpful because it got me my mic time, you know? Because mm. that's, I think, really important as you're st when you're starting out is understanding how to relate to a microphone, how to, you know, because especially if you're already a performer, it's like you have to know what you can do with your voice, not with your face, you know? Right. And that helped, you know, sort of uh, close that, uh, that, you know, learning gap there. Um, so that by the time I was leaving Mad, I think we started Futurama. Um, the same casting people cast Mad cast Futurama, mm -hmm. um, and I think I'd st we had started we had done Weekenders, um, so I was getting out there doing a little bit of voiceover, but I had no idea that it would actually become my my main line, you know. Um, and I'm I'm very very happy with it because again, it, the the quick mass changes that's it in a nutshell, right. you know. And also I had uh, started doing improv in college, and that fed into this like okay. You know, and I did the Groundlings, so that was real character-based. So, right. again, all of the stuff that I was already doing, I found myself in a place where I could use the skills that I had. You well, know? And when it comes to putting on that mask for a, a VO character, I mean, I hate, or for, for a VO session for any right. character, I hate to ask the, the you know, the, the Comic-Con panel inline question of, but how do you get into that character? But I'm always... I read. Th is that what it is for you? That's all it is. Really? Yeah. I just, what's, what's the description of the character? What is he saying? It's, it's fairly simple. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, although, you know what's funny? I thought it was fairly simple until about like four years into my voiceover career. Then I realized, oh, wait, not everyone can read words off a page and not sound like they're reading. I didn't realize that that is actually a skill. That's the skill. You know, because there is something about cold reading. I've always been really good at cold reading. You know, and there's not, and I didn't realize that not everybody can do that. Can just, you know, most people when they're reading words sound like they are reading words. Mm -hmm. They drop, you know, their affect goes flat. I sound like the kid from Dangerous Minds reading <laughs> Hey Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> hey, Mr. Tambourine. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I think most of us just, we put our focus on connecting eye to page to mouth. Yeah. And we don't try to do anything else. Um, but voiceover but you requires can pass you it to, through that filter of whatever the character all the character stuff. Yeah, and I mean for me, it's like I'll read uh, the description of a character and then look at you know if they have a drawing or something, and then you just make a choice. You know, it's like, and sometimes it's against type, sometimes it's prototype. You know, it's mm -hmm. like if it's a really tall guy, you know, then you try to you know make a sound that sounds like what's described. Right. I mean, a lot of it is just that, like. He's, he's arrogant, a 14-year-old. 14, okay, I started 14. Arrogant, arrogant, you know. All right, so I just add elements. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, these days, there's a lot of the, uh, like, regular show where the flat affect is everything. Like, I can't, I can't do that. You want me to just take everything out. Although there was an episode of Static Shock where we had real basketball players playing themselves. And who was it? Was it Tracy McGrady was supposed to be there, but he couldn't get there? And so... 
I had to voice one of the, they had real basketball players like Carl Malone right. did himself Yao Ming did himself and it's like okay and at first I just I read the lines like it's like ooh it doesn't sound like an accent so then I had to read the lines no you know you had it's, it's just like strip everything out yeah you know so this is a person who is actually a basketball player hey throw me the ball man ah uh, <laughs> all right static see you next time <laughs> And now it's it's just one of my, my no, favorite that's a great voice. That's a great voice, though. Now that you got that care, you got basketball exactly. voiceover just artists. like regular person. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now, is that is that for for someone who has so much range and ability? Ability is that soul crushing for you to have to strip that no. out, or was that part of the challenge it's and the fun, fun of mining? It's, it's yeah. the same thing as uh, if you're given a character that is uh, described as African American. Okay. You, yeah, I wanted to get. I, I heard you talk about this on a podcast before, right. and and you were like, you you said. Go, well, please, continue like, your if, thought, and then I'll ask you the I'm question. Because I'm African American, so like, if it wait, says, wait, hold on, hold on, exclusive guys. Yes, let's update the Wikipedia. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, if it says, you know, uh, male, thirty to fifty, African American, I should be able to do this voice, right? But I can't, right? If I do this voice for you know some voiceover thing that's described that way, like, who did you send? What is that? That's not it. So I'd have to change it. You know, in subtle way. I mean, maybe I just make it pitch it a little lower. So now I am male, thirty to fifty, African American, or, or maybe I'd leave it up here and just add a regionalism to it. Right. You know, male, thirty to fifties, African American. But there has to be something. I believe you're buying a barbecue or or, <laughs> exactly. or selling me a used car. Like- here at Walmart, we're happy to have people. You know, that's the thing. It's like. When people put a descriptor in there, and this is one of the, the games, yeah. one of the things you learn in the game. It's like, like actresses learn this too. It's like, it's, she's, you know, plain girls. Like, no, they mean sexy. Right. If it said girl, they mean sexy. Right. Like, right. F, F, you know, fuckability is, is, is the, the bottom line. But now, here's the thing, though. There, there are, there's no shortage of, you're, you're acting. You're playing a role. You're playing a character. So some people play old, <clears throat> young. You would play right. a Oh, I'm a grandma now. That's dead. exactly. But yeah, okay. So I'm playing a character. But I've met some friends. I, I have some friends. Mm-hmm. I've met some folks. I don't want to. I, I was. <laughs> I've met some friends. They weren't uh, friends until I met them. But yeah, then I met I, them and they well, were friends. I was because I, I had stopped myself from saying names because I don't know if if they want these right, kind of things. Right. They they were frustrated that when a page says the description of a, of of who they are, these right. are African American friends of mine. Right. They're like, well, I should be able to be me. This is bullshit. This is right. whatever else. That's because then if I put on that slight spin or that slight affectation, mm-hmm. I'm now a caricature and I'm perpetuating a stereotype. And yep. I have I can't I I'm not allowed I I can't argue this this is not I passively absorb this and go wow that's that's that must be frustrating but at the same time I also hear the other side of the argument which is it's a character I'm supposed to play this person right. I am acting so do you do you struggle with those two worlds or no um, it's not a struggle it it is something that you have to be aware of because n- not everyone who creates things is great and intelligent you know and some people. A lot of people are looking for shorthand. Right. Um, And it's not just a racial thing. It's like we were talking about age. Sure. Like, I was just in my agency today, and there was a woman in her 60s who sounds the same as she did in her 30s. But if it says woman in her 60s, she cannot sound like herself. Right. You know? She has to sound older. She has to make it sound like she's got dentures in her mouth. She's got to do something Mm -hmm. because that is what they are looking for. Now, if it were... Uh, 
someone you know creative and intelligent they would just accept it's like well actually they wouldn't put that it's like we just want a voice right you know but most people and most things aren't great you know so unless you only want to work for geniuses who do amazing art which you know would be a lovely thing to do right and also and don't for, try to shortcut to a character by or don't, don't try to like i'm going to change the system by not getting this job like <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> I don't think that has ever worked. I'm going to be the poorest protest that has ever existed. You'll see, I can't afford the cardboard to write <laughs> my message on because I have screwed myself out of every position. Right, right. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Uh, so what is the experience now for you when you do the convention thing and, uh, you know, people... Because you're, you're a... Not just not voice... I mean, like if people look you up on YouTube, you're a man of a million voices. Someone, I don't know if you've seen it, that, that people have done an edit of you. That is fantastic. No. It is of like pretty much every character you've ever done, oh, at least from the video game side of things. Oh, and it is okay, phenomenal. Cool. It is like all your voices, all the cutscenes, all of this and that. Oh, fine. And so it's like, so clearly you're, you've, you've made it. You're well established <laughs> in that thing. Whether, not that you're not waking up and pursuing things and challenging, but from the outside looking in, you've made it. And you are now a, a voice for that community. Like you stand up for them. You're in, right. involved. In, 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 is it contract negotiations? What yes, is it right now yeah. that's I was, happening? I was on, uh, I've been on a couple of uh, contract negotiations. There was a Nickelodeon uh, voiceover contract. Now I'm working with the, uh, the video game uh, contract. I'm on that committee. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really just a matter of I care and somebody's got to do the job. You know, mm -hmm. somebody's got to sit there and go through these things and, you know, negotiate with these companies so that we can all be protected, you know? I mean, that's what people did that before me, and that's how I can make a living. Right, you know, someone else took the time to yeah. set you up to be so able that, to so take that, the so time that there is a union minimum, right? You know, so that someone can just not just pay me five bucks if that's what they feel like, you know, um, so that there are, you know, for TV, like the people who did Gilligan's Island, that's running everywhere mm -hmm. every day. They don't get paid a dime, really. Yeah, but everything since that point, from like the TV shows from '72 on, people fought, you know, and I think striked. Uh, struck to make that happen um and you know right now we're just trying to make sure that this the video game industry is moving so fast and growing yes. so fast um and yeah it's a lot of the people in the industry see themselves as not entertainment and maybe in for a while they weren't but when i watch you know the making of avatar and i see you know the footage the mocap footage I was voicing to in Metal Gear 4, it's the same thing. Right. You know, it's guys... You watch suits. a Naughty Dog behind the scenes for Uncharted 4 and yeah. see what those guys are going through, and then you watch a Lord of the Rings Blu-ray extra, same dots on the face, yeah. same mocap, same grunting, same physical, strenuous work at times. Exactly. So, exact I mean, same stuff. To, so to say that you're not part of the entertainment industry is just ridiculous. Right. Um, and also, the way the storytelling has grown, you know, video games didn't used to use, you know, professional actors. Oh, I know. I know. That was, woo. Did you hear that piece of information? That piece of information was crazy. And I'm referencing the piece of information that you just heard before I interrupted you, but I had to interrupt you to tell you that today's Pointless Podcast is brought to you by Harry's. What? Guys, it's March. That's the third month of the year. All right? And for our friends over at Harry's, guess what? Three-year anniversary as a business. Third month of the year. Third year as an anniversary. You put those two things together, and what does that mean? That means it's time for a special deal for you to try three 
of their expertly crafted five blade German razors. You get a handle, you get some shaving creme, all for 10 bucks with the offer code pointless. I'm gonna say that one more time. Three five blade German razors, a handle and shaving cream for $10. You stroll down to the bodega and you grab a little lady bick off the shelf because that's all they have. And you got to shave it up. You got to get it ready because you swipe right too many times. You're going to pay $7.99, $8 for that little piece of crap. So spend 10 bucks over with Harry's and get three five-blade German razors with a really hefty handle, something you could really knock an assistant out with. I wouldn't know from experience. Yeah, I would. And some shaving cream for just $10. I've used it. Worked. Harry's. Get on it. Oh, I, I guess I should spell it. It's uh, H-A-R-R-Y-S. So you get a harrys.com. And then you go ahead and use the promo code pointless. And they're going to give you money off your first order. And everything's going to be great for you. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash. No, promo code pointless. Don't slash it. You can put the, you can put the trailing slash, but your web browser is going to ignore that. Your web browser is going to take it from the dot com, resolve the IP, and just kick that site's door down. But you go to harrys.com and enter the promo code pointless and mwah, you're saving that cash. Coming for you. It, 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 Give me your best uh, 16-bit uh, <laughs> uh, noise because right. we're gonna compress ah, it down. Uh, that doesn't sound uh, that doesn't sound compressed enough. We're not gonna be able to get that out. <laughs> Give me a pong bleep. Exactly. Like, no, those, Although those I do remember uh, playing, was it Resident Evil Two or something? Like an early iteration, and the acting was oh, so so bad. bad. Liz, if you can find that clip, Resident Evil bad voice acting. It is. Oh it's now God. hilarious, but right. Oh. But it, it hurt the game. It's like yeah. zombies are because like I mean. The visuals that they had of zombies jumping out at you and the timing was perfect. Ah, that's got help me. It's like, what basketball player this. did they get in the VO booth? Right. What is going on? I think at one point, it's like, Chris, uh, the, I think his character name is Chris. He's like, well, I am. And it, not only is the voiceover bad, but because they were being ported from Japanese games, <laughs> the writing and the actual right, sentences it's... they were saying were, made no sense. It was like, it was kind of English in translation. Oh. He's like, I, I am the master of unlocking. <laughs> the master of unlocking? You opened a door? What the hell are you saying? Is this it here? Is this it? We don't need to watch 10 minutes of it, but maybe jump into it and we can hear a little bit of it. Oh, what's this? 10 minute cut. 10 minute cut. This is, well, they, they, really, they really want you to live in this. But exactly. I got to hear some of Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah that yeah. looks like yeah, it. Yeah, get that up. Door. <laughs> what is this? What is this? What is it? <laughs> Hope this is not Chris's blood. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh. Is it? So you hope it's not the blood of a human being that you care about? Because that's not really what you're expressing. No. It might be this handy is pretty you, bad. the master of unlocking, yeah. can be with you. It, okay, stop. Oh stop God. right there. It might be How handy you if you, that? the you master, master of unlocking, can <laughs> You know, but you can't get away with that now. With the graphics no. we have, with the story, I mean, the, the epic storytelling right. that we're doing now. So Because I mean, you need professionals right. to make your entertainment. Back yes. then it was okay. Back then people were still fascinated with the fact that the character moved. Exactly. Let alone It's in color. Yeah, it had a real voice. Oh, that's amazing. We weren't concerned. I love the notion. I love it. Wait, are you concerned because it's Chris's blood? It's a human it's human blood? Chris may need this blood. Perhaps we should get this blood back to Chris if it is he who has leaked it. Oh my god. So oh, so, uh, so right now are are the gaming professionals cuz we chatted a little bit about this beforehand. Um, you know, there's there's a big kerfuffle, as right. I think somebody says that somewhere in this in this planet. <laughs> but there's a there's, no one's straight. No. There's a big <laughs> there's a, 
the, the, the carpets are being ruffled and <laughs> the dust is flying about in the stunt community. Because, yes. uh, you know, stunt performers, extras are saying that they're, they're not getting their due. They're, they're barely getting credit, let right. alone proper pay for the hazards that they endure. And is that related somehow to what's going on with well, well, all game of it, performers and voiceover all artists? All of it is all a battle to try to, you know, basically we're, we're building roads in new land, mm -hmm. you know. And the tech people are coming from one sort of paradigm. And obviously us entertainment people are coming from another paradigm. And they're saying, this is not movies. This is not TV. And we're saying, we get that, but we have to figure something out. Because in order for you to have a pool of professional performers, you know, stunt, mocap, you know, uh, voice, whatever, that you need to do the work you're continuing to do, we, we need to have protections in place. We need to have, you know, you know a, a financial model that allows people to be able to do this work and be available for this work. Right. You know, right. So. Yeah. You want that, you want that pool of talent to hang around. Well, they got to know that you're going to take it's care like, of them. I'm sorry. Else... I can't do it. I got to go do my shift at Starbucks for my health yeah. plan. Got to go find something else. Yeah. You know, so it's, we are in the midst of it, but that's all I can say. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? That's not a train. Uh, I don't know. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you're wearing ping pong balls when you get hit by it so bing, we can bing, put bing, that bing. into a yes. video game. Do you have five seconds? Uh, yes. Can we take some questions from the, uh, the oh, audience sure. that's watching? All right. Uh, Twitch, you've been watching here. If you have questions for Phil Lamar, fire away. Liz is on the ones and twos. She will go ahead <laughs> and spit them out at you. Um, I'm there sure there's going to be requests. Is it do the voice? Is it do the I'm voice? I'm sure there's going to be do the voice. I haven't done any voice. But now, here's the thing. You what do, are they talking about? You do have a Kanye. In, in your repertoire. Do you not? I was told you did. I received a notification that you have a Kanye. If you don't... See. Well, yeah. See, the thing is, um, I can do the Kanye voice. I just don't listen enough to what Kanye says. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I try not to, you know, just get into his head and try to do the things that Kanye is doing. But, you know, you can't avoid it because Kanye is everything and Kanye is everywhere. See, that was it. That was, that was pure Kanye. You, just, if you have to love yourself more by yes. the end of every sentence. I ain't saying she a gold digger. You married her! <laughs> I ain't saying she a gold digger. I just really like the sex tape. That's all. <laughs> You're not no. following the, the tirades of Yeezy online right now? You're not? No. Good for you. I Good for can't. you. You're probably like enriching yourself. <laughs> I just, you know, they're just, I don't know. I'm, I've never watched an episode of Survivor. I've never, I did, no, I did watch the Kardashian sex tape. Well, that's, that was like an episode of Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know what? I have to say, she some, hung in there. It's, it's her best work. It really, uh, so you're not a Kimoji fan I then? believed her. <laughs> I did. Celebrity sex tapes are fascinating to me. I mean, I, on one hand, like I'd be mortified if the encrypted portion of my hard drive ever made it out <laughs> on the planet because, like, oh god, the things that I would say about someone, like uh, that, that mortifies me. But the Paris Hilton one in particular, did you Ugh. catch that one? Because the 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 like because the, after that sex tape, she was put on a pedestal yes. as a sexual goddess, and wow, she's hot and she's this. Oh my god! But if god. you actually watch the no. footage back, I I don't even know how she. They put her on TV after that. Like, yes. I would have watched it and go like, oh, you can't put a camera on her right. ever again. Right. Even, even when she, she's between checking the Blackberry, admit, yes. like, that's one of her moves. I'm going to go from reverse cowgirl to, to email. Oh, man. It was so, it, it shattered my erection and my soul. Although I do have to say, the thing I love most about the Paris Hilton sex tape is, it's, it's the, the trump of a, a previous generation. I mean, it was a game changer. Oh, sure. Culturally speaking, um, in terms of celebrity scandal, yep. in terms of, because 
at any point in time before that, because uh, The Simple Life was about to come on the air. Mm -hmm. They had already started promoting it. Then the sex tape was released. At any point in American uh, entertainment history before that, she would have been erased. Oh, gone. Gone then, in a heartbeat. Okay, we, we pulled all of the, you know... Um, all of the ads, yep. we have, you know... No you promotion, know, we, it's off the program, guys. We put out a press release saying yeah. we are no longer associated with this person. We're distancing ourselves from Miss Hilton. But because it was Fox, and they are all, you know, uh, prisoners and uh, debtors, like, like all Australians. I'm kidding, I love Australians. Um, <laughs> we don't allow them to they, watch, they had, okay. They had no, they just like, screw it, we're going to double down. Yeah, we'll run with now, this. Now we know she's famous. Right. Now it's like you have to schedule the release of your sex tape to coincide right. with the upfronts. Yes. Crazy. And, and I'm filming one right now. I have a new TBS show, and I'm trying I, I, to find somebody to fuck well, me. You're, you're in great shape. And it's like, thank you. Thank you. I'm you working know, on it. I think we can get somebody from The Bachelorette. <laughs> from like a season two. Someone who already, already peaked. They already did That's the morning right. show circuit. They're, they're going down. They'll go back in there. That's fine. You will be her oh thruster. All right. Uh, Liz, let's get, get to these questions. questions, and then I want you to explain to me why you're voting for Trump, because I still don't get it. Paris Hilton wanted to be Pam Anderson. I thought you were asking me for a second. I was like, no. No, 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 no. No, I, your question's for Phil, because I've, I've taken up way too much of his time. No, Paris Hilton was already richer than Pam Anderson. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. She's an heiress. Let's, let, can't forget money. that. Uh, what do we have, Liz? Any questions? All right. Well, several, well if anybody several. has any questions, you've got to fill out the proper paperwork. There's a requisition form available online. Australia is a prison continent. Okay. Yay! That's true. Mad so, Max. One, one of our questions is, if you could play one comic book character, voice or live action, who would it be? Ooh. Ooh. Um, see, that's a tough one, because my, my comic book totem uh, growing up was Batman. Mm. And, like, having worked with Kevin Conroy for years, like, I can't imagine any other voice other than his. Like, he is Batman. And I can't do his voice, so it's just like... Well, Have you I thought would, about would, what your Batman would be? Have you... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, well, you know, whenever you, when you read the comic books, you hear a voice in your head. Of course. So what is your, what is your Batman voice? Or have you done it out loud before? Um, no. I mean, because now, whenever I think about it, I just hear Kevin. You, just, you do his voice? Yeah, or... and, I'm, and, I, and I just try to get to wherever Kevin is. But, like, I mean, I think before that, you know, my, my Batman would have been, you know, more of a Bruce Wayne. I, I never thought of that, like... Batman changes his voice thing. Because I always bought into the comic book thing of like, well, there's guys, guys running around with domino masks and nobody knows it's them. <laughs> right. S Superman just takes off his glasses. <laughs> this guy's got a full half mask. Right. You know, it's like, it's like nobody's going to be like getting beaten. It's like, he sounds a little bit like that billionaire. <laughs> like, you know, it's a, right. it's a contextual thing. Sure. What would be the, what would be the worst Batman voice? <laughs> like, because now I want to ruin it. Like, um, well... <laughs> As uh, the head of Wayne Industries, there you go, uh, <laughs> uh, Bruce. Who we are have a you? <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, Bruce. No, no, I can't. Wouldn't that be? Oh my God, somebody's gonna pitch that. It's like, it's a, it's a billionaire child whose parents are murdered. And he's like, I shall become a bat. I shall strike fear into the hearts. And like somebody has to talk him out of. He's like. Yeah. Talk to him. No, you you kind of sound like a human whoopee cushion. Sir, I understand that the jujitsu training is going well, but uh, perhaps we should perhaps we should invest in just security systems, hmm? something like that. <laughs> you can't. You you sound like a balloon <laughs> that's being slowly deflated. What do you mean? You're, I'm not going to strike no. fear into the hearts of criminals. No, you're doing it now. They're they're giggling. They're dropping the jewels, which is good, but it's because they're <laughs> laughing so hard. Like you 
are a superstitious and cowardly lot. <laughs> like, are you a bat or a bird? Are you how do you Batman v Superman movie? Are you are you psyched for it? Are you concerned? <sighs> I'm trying to get psyched for it. Really? I actually now I feel like it's going to be better than I thought it was going mm-hmm. to be, but I'm just I'm trying to get Get up for Where's it. The, is, there, is, it con, is there concern, or is it for whatever reason it's just not grabbing you? DC has lost me. I, st- yeah. I, I still haven't seen Man of Steel. Mm. You know? I saw it. And you remember the, the meh that we were talking about right. earlier? It's exactly where I lived in. Which is Which, which is I would rather personally hate it. So right. I could be like, well, that was terrible, and here's why. Or love it and rally around it. But I saw it and was like, that oh, was a movie. Right. And it's kind of blue hue. And, and I think that's part of the problem. I mean, it's Superman. He is such an icon that you can't just do a good Superman movie. Mm-hmm. It has to be fantastic or it sucks. Well, and that, that's okay. That should be, right? You know? Shouldn't it be that, shouldn't well, it be that see, way? See, that's why Marvel was so smart. They started with Iron Man. Mm. Iron Man was solid B-. True. Like, if you asked your mom, it's like, hey, mom, I'm going to see Iron Man. Who? Your mom didn't have an idea. You're going to you run ask, a marathon. You what? Ask, you ask your mom about Superman, she has an idea about Superman. What True. Superman should look like. What he should sound like. Nobody cared about Iron Man. It's like, Iron Man has a goatee. Is, is everyone all right with that? It's like, I don't, I don't care. Right. You know? So you think that they pointed to the bleachers too soon? They, they, they brought out the, the A-listers and the, <laughs> yes. like the first I'm saying DC first... should have started with Aquaman. That's what I was yeah, exactly. It's like orange shirts, you know. It just was like for Entourage. Merch, like... Merchandise that shit everywhere. Like everybody's wearing an orange shirt with an A on it. So, get that, nail that down. You know, by Aquaman 2, then you're ready for battle. Now you're set. <laughs> the no. Deadpool of the sea. Yes, exactly. Uh, Liz, fire away. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost in the Matrix. No, I'm, I'm good. I was just moving, moving the shot. Uh, All right. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I'm in the Matrix. Mm. So the next question is, hey, Phil, since you're yes. such a big reader. Yes. Any writers or books that were influential to your career? Um, and also they wanted me to add, love your work. Oh, thank you. Uh, just leave that out see. next time. Leave that out. Leave that out. Um, who, are my, who are my best writers? Um, well, the books that I always carry with me are... Uh, Norton Justers, The Phantom Tollbooth, and Alice in Wonderland. Like, everywhere I've moved from... I've heard of Alice in Wonderland, but Phantom Tollbooth? The Phantom Tollbooth. Um, I mean, they're writing both, it down? They're both kids' books, but The Phantom Tollbooth is amazing because it's about wordplay, and, uh, like, for instance, it's a little boy who hates school and is bored with school, and he winds up going into this magical world, right? Yeah, Wizard of Oz, same Great. Thing. But in this world, it's all about being smart and engaging. Like, at one point, he just says something. He's like, well, that's probably any... And then f- he just, like, disappears. He, like, just jumps into the sky and, like, flies away. And he lands on an island. It's like, where are you? You're on conclusions. What? How did I get here? Like, you jumped. Uh... So it's, like, all sorts of little plays like that. There's, you know, there's the, um, a guy named the Math Magician who lives in... Uh, uh, what's, uh, there's a math city. There's a word city. And, you know, they eat subtraction soup, you know, so they get hungrier and hungrier the more they eat. You know, it's like, well, we don't, we, we wait until we're full and then we eat, you know, it's just like all of this wonderful little, you know, crazy fun stuff. Um, uh, other writers, um, well, it's funny (laughs) because then I have comic book writers, Mm -hmm. um, novelists. I'm trying to think, um, I was a big, uh, Sherlock Holmes, um, you know, the Arthur Conan Doyle stuff, um, Robert E. Howard, um, which again is not. 
fine writing. It's pulp. It's but it's some. It's fun. Great. Stuff. Great. Uh, Did it draw you in? Did it resonate yes, with you? Yes. Fantastic. Um, and of course, my my comic book uh, people are Mark Wade, um, uh, Gail Simone, uh, Robert Kirkman, um, uh, Ed Brubaker, Greg Ruka. Oh my God! There's a book he's doing now called Lazarus. If you're not writing anyone it down, who is not, even if you don't read comic books, you should be reading Lazarus. Yeah, it is a, an amazing. Like he's world building. You know, actually, someone should be making a role playing game of it because it's so deep. Like a like a D and D style. What's the world of Lazarus? It's it's a, a dystopian future where some you know, I'm into a, that. Big, a big thing happened, but then the world was divided up by corporations. Ooh. And so there's one that, you know, Ooh. has like most of the Western United States. Um, that's family Carlisle. And each family, each, well, the corporations are now families. And each family. Well, they has, are I, uh, today, actually. Exactly. We just don't, it's, we it's don't like talk Waltons. about it. Yeah. Um, each family has a designated warrior. Uh, they're Lazarus, who are these super, you know, genetically engineered um, battle soldiers, super soldiers. Like literally fighting machines. Yes. Okay, because like yeah. warrior could be spiritual or emotional. No, no. Like these are... They, they all carry swords because really pretty much the only way you can kill a Lazarus is to take off its head. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's a fantastic... I, so it's like the Koch brothers versus the Waltons versus yes. whoever in this world and they designate one fighter to represent That's their funny region. Because, that's funny because, uh, yeah, the East Coast is run by the family Hawk. Mm-hmm. You draw your own conclusions. So, and this is a graphic novel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is it, so. This is how this is how little I know about this world. Like, do I have to get multiple issues of this thing, or is it done to where I can buy the whole? There is are, it a compendium? What do they call them? What is it when it's uh, done? Or is oh well, there's a there's a trade paperback. That's yes. There's a, there there are one or two collections so far. Okay. But the story is still it's still going. going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Oh, you're like oh no, I'm go- I'm gonna wait till till it's over. Well, no, I I am sort of. The, I, with with TV shows and what I like, I don't. I like to know that where where is my journey heading? Like for oh, like, because okay. I got in, I got into Lost for a minute there. Like while it was on the air. While it was on the air, and it was like okay. season three or four, maybe oh, five. I so, don't remember how so long before it before the fall. Yeah, and I was just I was just wondering, like I'm like, wait, okay, like I've invested so much. <laughs> I don't. How much longer can I let my DVR hurt me? You know, and then it kind of right. got good again. I was okay. Then I was back on board, and that's it. So, but but. The fact that you speak about it with this much passion and it's still ongoing yes. is great. I'll get in, and yeah. then if I catch up and it's still quality as it's well, see that's, out, what, that's what happened to me with Walking Dead. It's like I got on probably ten issues in, and I'm still on. You know, it's still great. It's a great book. So to round this out, unless mm-hmm. Liz, unless you have another, if you have a if you have a piece of fire you want to drop, I'm going to ask one more, and I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. But you tell me what you got over there. You got a you got a scorcher in the chamber. I might. I might. Okay. <laughs> It's a bunch of a scorcher. Like, yeah, it, it's either it's either white hot. You can't even <laughs> look at it or touch it because it will melt your flesh. Yeah, I've or got not. Some, I've got something that's pretty uh, fucking incredible. This is um. This right. is guys. Oh my this god, is some, I've been swearing. Did I, I forgot to ask. This no, is some real. Good. No, this is some game changing <laughs> shit. And your life's never going to be the same after <laughs> you hear the sentence. I'm the world will say. never be the same. Uh, Akoda Roku says Lazarus is baller, which that's a totally. vote of confidence, I believe. Yes. Go oh, ahead, Liz. Only from Roku on that. Come on, Forkin. Uh, what you got? Oh, someone wants to know what Gru the Wanderer sounds like. Do you know who Gru the Wanderer is? Is that a um, reference to a thing I should know? That, that is a comic book uh, by uh, Mark Evanier and uh, Sergio Aragonis. Um, I would imagine Gru yeah, is sort of like this, you know. I am a barbarian warrior. Mm. But not very smart. <laughs> that's my, that's my hunch. Huh? Oh. 
Because he's not in great shape. Drop that fire, Liz. Drop it. Okay, so out of your entire career, uh, <laughs> what is your favorite role that you've done? Or what is one that you really wish you could do? Oh, um, that's a weird one. Um, it's a two-part. Well, the, the, the favorite thing, because I get, actually, at conventions. Sure that comes up a lot at conventions, well, At right? conventions, I start the, um, I usually start the panel off by saying, okay, no questions with the word favorite, <laughs> best, wackiest. Because um, my. F- most what, embarrassing. Yeah, oh, it's, that's most embarrassing. Not maybe because of the character, but because of the way it turned out after or whatever. Is there a, is there a piece Ooh. in your career where you're like, ooh. Like, yes. I understand. Yeah. I actually do have a most embarrassing. I don't have a favorite because uh, the favorite changes all course, the time. Like depending on, you know, what I've been working on and, you know, because like, I, I mean, plus I've also been really lucky to work on like a handful of things that were just like nice, real cultural, you know, signposts, you know, Justice League, Samurai Jack, Futurama, you know, um, just from those three, I couldn't pick. You know, um, well, was there one where you were uh, like me, maybe in a fetal position in a shower, um, just letting the hot water hit you for long enough so that you could melt and go into the drain? The worst thing I ever did was a um, community theater play when I first got back home to L.A. after college uh, called A Dog's Life. And I played the dog for like three or four weekends in a full on dog suit. Sweet mohawk, though. Right. It was a Mr. (laughs) T. It was a Mr. T. Oh my god! And it was the worst play I've ever read. Right. And I was in it. Um. And we performed. Were you it. just hungry for a gig at that point, or what? What it, brought you to putting on the dog suit and going out there? Or you thought there, it was there good was at the time? An, there was an ad in the paper, and I said, "Well, I'm an actor. I should act." And they had auditions, and there was a part for Billy, 19, a young black uh, neighbor kid. And I'm like, "I, I could play that." Mm-hmm. So I went and auditioned for the play to be in a play because I'm an actor. Sure. And they said, "Hmm, we want you to try out for this other part instead." And I tried out for the lead. and like, oh, I got the lead. And then I read it. I was like, ooh. And every night as I would drive to rehearsal, I would think about turning around. Really? Because it was, it was that bad. And I knew it was bad. Yeah. From the, from the get-go. It's like, well, they don't know where I live. They're not paying me. They're not going to, like, track me down. I, I mean, can I be sued for breach of verbal... Right. Con- I mean, right. I'm, no, I'm not Kim Basinger. There's no contract. You know? <laughs> But I showed up every day and did the play, and it was it was painful. You're I mean, a pro, man. It You're couldn't it couldn't have been any more painful for me than the people who had to watch it. People showed up to this thing. Yes. Was it all friends and family, or no? Like I, none of mine. <laughs> I didn't invite anybody. You're like, no, I, I lost all the friends when they showed up. Uh, but wow. Well, yeah, I think that community theater Does, just had. Please tell little... me there's some video of that somewhere. Someone videotaped it. It exists somewhere. I had a videotape at one point. I don't. Ever, I don't think I ever watched it. Oh, oh! I just couldn't bring myself to. I don't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to be presumptuous about our relationship in this world or where it may go, <laughs> but just leave me with a glimmer of hope that maybe someday we'll get to do a live viewing of that play, and you can provide live director's oh, commentary God. on Twitch. If 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 I can find. Uh, both the tape and a VHS VCR. I will get the VCR. I'll, it'll be I'll an SVHS. It. It'll have great tracking. <laughs> great tracking. We'll set it up. We'll do, we'll do a donation drive movie night uh, for whatever charity you want to do it for. Nice. And we will screen it. Oh. And and we will go through it. Will, it. it'll, it'll have to be a, you know, an, an optician's charity because people's eyes will be bleeding <laughs> from watching this. Perfect. We'll put the disclaimer up there. I like that, that your, your community play was basically the ring. If anybody watches yes. it seven days later, 
they it's melt. Like staring at the Ark of the Covenant. Right. Uh, amazing. Phil, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. A thousand thank yous for coming out. It's a pleasure to meet you. Again, yeah, I've man. been a fan for ages, and uh, it was a delight to touch on a whole bunch of stuff. But now... No, we got deep. Well, we didn't, And we didn't even get to Samurai, which someone just said <laughs> in the chat room. They were like, oh, the voice of Samurai. I do. I always take for granted, I do my intros later. I will set you up and who you're doing what. <laughs> but I forget that when people are watching live, they're like, oh, Kevin's talking to a guy. <laughs> if I don't know who he is, I'm going to find out, but it might take an hour. Exactly. And there Googly, we are. Googly, so Googly, Googly. Now they're finding it out. But... but where would you like people to find you and and how what would you like them to know that you're doing right now in this world and how do we ride this promo pony into the sunset yes um uh philomar.com is my website um i'm at philomar on twitter is where i do most of my uh, online living and um as far as uh what we're doing oh we're doing um oh gosh when is it uh, we're doing a, a, bu- a bunch of us from pulp fiction are getting together and doing um a days of the dead uh thing in burbank what, um, what is that about that sounds awesome Let's see. Uh, when is it? Oh, it's uh, April first through third. Okay. Um, in uh, in Burbank Marriott. It's uh, I think it's Days of the Dead is like sort of a horror con thing, but there are going to be a group of us, uh, including my friend Steve Hibbert, who played the Gimp, um, and a bunch of other guys. Oh my god. Um, they're from Pulp Fiction, just reminiscing. That's awesome. Is it going to be like a panel type thing? Yeah, we're going to do a panel. We'll do some signings, I I think. I'm not entirely sure. But it should be fun. It will be a good time. April 1st through the 3rd? Yeah. Day of the uh, Dead. Burbank. I gotta find. You know, I'm gonna find people can go to your site, philomar.com, and they can find out there, and you'll be tweeting about it as well. Absolutely, Liz. Did I miss something? Anything else? I thought I heard. Speak up, Farkin. I thought I heard something. Did I? I I was just pulling up a video. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) She she pulls up video very loudly. But it's only like I just figured out cold fusion. You guys, we got it. Our energy problems are solved. It's all about expression, Liz. But I did say earlier, uh, step one for that that video you got to show us i do have a vhs player <gasps> Ooh. we're so halfway there closer. phil we're halfway there, there. you go you got to find the tape You're older than you look <laughs> thank you so much for thank coming you, man. on phil i really appreciate it guys thank you for watching if you're listening to this on the itunes you're missing out on the live experience go to twitch.tv slash the attack hop on in our pile support us at gamewisp.com slash the attack and maybe i'll be talking to you on the other side of this with a promo i don't know there's probably a sponsor <laughs> we'll figure it out in the meantime kisses hugs and belly rubs goodbye everyone